0: Thank you for tuning in to NPR. Today we are going to discuss the migration patterns of butterflies and their effect on the prices of apricot. No, I'm, 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 I'm tragic. kidding. I, I can't so tra- keep that up. <laughs> so tragic.
1: Oh, my God. Let me turn your bass down. All right. So brave. There we go. No. You're wondering, like, did I have to adjust my speakers? No. Don't worry. That was just for that little bit. No, no, no,
0: no, Um,
1: NPR is like that. Anyway.
0: Sometimes NPR be like that. Sometimes NPR do, in fact, be like that. Yeah. So, anyways. Hey there, folks. Next to the Black Pants Legion here. It's time for the... Podcast. On my right, I am joined by roommate, friend, and former target
2: in Eve Online, Mr. Nick. That's me. Please don't blow me up. Oh, you—you you were more
1: eloquent at that moment.
2: Yeah. Well. Yeah.
1: No, that definitely sounds like somebody's tired of being blown up.
2: Yeah. <laughs> All, I have money. Don't explode me. Oh no, not Thursday again. Yeah. Um,
0: <laughs> and then uh, on on my left is Mr. Mike, the DJ, the master of disaster, the guy controlling the soundboard and many of the sound effects. Say hello. Hello. Yes. So, today, we are going to discuss Star Trek. Star Trek! Yeah, so, as many of you may have guessed, my guests and I are huge Star Trek fans, and we have to stop ourselves from talking about Trek a lot. Not today. Not today. Today is to get it out of our system, and then revisit it. Uh, quite a bit oh yeah oh yeah so some of us are casual track fans some are long standing but we all enjoy the series so recently we decided to take it upon ourselves to introduce nick to the entirety of the original series my
2: norminess offended them
0: uh yeah but you know not at all (laughs) a little bit um Wow. We 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 had to we had to subject him to the entirety of the original series. So okay. there are not a lot of there there are episodes that are just not that great. I I agree, and we're gonna get to that.
1: Operation um, Annihilate. N- uh,
0: Oof. Yeah. Not 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 everyone's gonna be winners. Every mm. bag's got a little bruised fruit. <laughs> So that's, that's one way to put it. <laughs> so um, you'd never seen them all in their entirety. You've seen a few
2: here and there. Um, I've pretty much never seen any of the original series well, prior, to, prior uh, to that.
0: But
1: the point we had made before that. Now
2: he that, has. You know, now I've seen all of it. In the, the point we had made before that
0: was that in the original series, so much of it is parodied, copied, and reproduced across other medium. There's so many nods artistically, homages to the original series in mm-hmm. many ways. So we decided to more or less make Nick watch all of the original series because, well, that's what we do. That's what mm-hmm. Mike and I, as uh, hardcore Trekkies, Trekkers. I never, I never really understood that. The
1: we're we're not Trekkies.
0: I, I don't. Yeah, we don't dress but, up in public.
1: No, I mean, if uh, we're if we're gonna compare ourselves to Trekkies, we'd be tourists. Yeah, I would say because those people get like in the weeds. They they know way too much about it. Yeah, I was gonna say I, I, I've never really known where the demarcation line is for that. You know, when it, I know the movies, I uh, know the productions. Yeah, uh, I know none of the books or comic books or expanded universe. None of that. That's uh, well, the expanded universe t- in any
0: setting is gonna be crap for the most part.
1: There's there's gonna be there's
0: gonna be little parts that are good. There will be little parts that are good, but right. but a lot of it is just. Bleh. So, Fair. I mean... Fair. Yeah. So, with the original series fresh in our minds, let us begin. Nick, what do you think about the original series now that you've seen it?
2: I quite enjoyed it. Hmm. I quite enjoyed it. Um, it. It definitely took the requirement of going in and thinking of it as stage play versus... Indeed. Um, Indeed, yeah. ...television show, not only because I'm a child of, oh, God, this sounds weird. I was born in the 80s. Yeah. But still i've grown up with modern cg modern effects that kind of thing and so you have to kind of think of it you know in that light not only because it's the effects are a little more hokey even even with the remaster but also just the acting style and the way that the sets are built and the way people you know communicate in the way that they're portraying the character yeah um I think a really great example of that. And I i don't know all the episode names, but... Uh, you the will episode, someday. Oh, yeah, I'm sure we'll get there. I'm sure people <laughs> To be
1: will. honest, there are so many episodes of Star Trek across every single series and season that it's okay if you call an episode the episode where they turn into lizards and yeah, yeah. pretty much that,
0: that one with the quat lose. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah the people the, who
1: know the names of the full episode will send us hate fielding emails. they um, no, they hate themselves so oh, okay. don't worry good deal
2: nice but the uh, the episode where they uh, they go to the planet because the guy has cut himself and uh, they're all like the Greek gods oh yeah you, you remember which one yeah. where where, uh, where Kirk kisses uh, Uhura yeah Um, like that one was really, uh, like theatrical in in nature.
0: Well, and that's the thing I always tell people before I try to show them the original series. I Mm -hmm. go, this is a stage play. Yep. That's, that's how you have to see it. Because one, very primitive, very basic sets and everything else. Mm -hmm. But two, more importantly, they're all written as morality plays. Right. And the other thing is much like a stage play, um, it's strengths. Are all of the actors who were predominantly well known for Shakespeare's stage play, stuff like that? Yeah. So they act in that overacted, over-enunciated way because yeah. they're used to larger spaces or empty crowds or what have you. And it's it's kind of iconic of that. And I, I think that really colors it, but would you say, and either of you can answer this, but um, what episodes? stand out to you as best examples of why the original series is cool and what what Mm -hmm. episodes stand out as why the original series is known for sometimes being a little off the
1: mark Mm -hmm. mike you want to tackle that one first bud uh well the two that i really like uh, that really do stand out. Uh, the Corbomite Maneuver. Yes. Uh, it's the, yes. one of the first episodes you'll one. see where you actually see the ship run like it's a naval vessel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, yeah. most of the time, it's like people walk around the background and doing weird shit. This one, it's like hear are yelling at uh, phaser crews and people are actually like moving around. It's like the director really wanted... I think the director really wanted to go for this is a naval vessel. Mm-hmm. And you get to see Kirk do the... You know, uh, it felt like it was like almost like a novel version of Kirk instead of like the TV version of Kirk. I agree. Where it's like he comes up, like it just felt like it was more of a book. Than he's, he's a very Kirky Kirk in that one. Yes. Where he's
0: like, well, if you corner me, I'll have you know that our ships explode when... Uh-oh. And yes. He basically pulls a Skeleton King. He does. He really, yeah, that's one way to put it. Uh, and
1: the, the other one is uh, a piece of the action yes um, which I was really surprised to hear you say that when I first met you that you said that was your favorite one and I was yes. like I really like that episode because you get to really see how like the how Kirk got out of all these different situations and in that one he just, went with it he was he's, like i'm i'm here he's an irascible scoundrel full sin yeah he, yeah that's so, kirk's motto
0: so what, what is your least favorite mike
1: uh probably spock's brain that one always gets picked on but it's just not that great as far as like it's really hard to watch um and uh the last episode that's in the season the turnabout intruder um, yeah
0: that one stands out as just
1: oof yeah, and I, I forgot about the the one turn, where they made the hippies. Through, I forgot yeah, about that oh, one. That oh, one's pretty... Yeah. Jesus. Yeah, that, the, the, what, what was funny
0: is the guy Methuselah, I
1: think, is what... So,
0: no, There's no, Methuselah else. was the guy who was also Brahms and Bach and... Right, oh, right, right, yeah, that yeah, yeah, guy.
1: Yeah, yep, yep, yeah yep. the Count Dracula-looking dude. That was actually a really cool concept. Yes, this it is. This guy that's
0: this Eternal who's been all of these characters, and it just periodically shows up in human history to shape and create yeah. these beautiful works through his wisdom and talents and it's not like 40k ever ripped that off of the emperor but anyways <laughs> which they did so mom, um mom. yeah it what when, when okay I, if,
2: what's your least i would i would say so my my favorites are um the episode where they encounter the, uh, the sort of like gaseous cloud entity that destroyed his, a big portion of his former ship. Oh yeah. And I like that one because it portrays, you know, I, I've ever since I read Beowulf, I've always believed that, you know, I've, I've never liked the, oh, this is the infallible hero. You know, oh, he's so perfect in every way and he never does anything wrong. And what I like about that episode is it shows Kirk, you know, this is his Moby Dick moment. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and yeah. he has that uh, subordinate who it turns out uh, was related to a guy that died. On that ship, I believe it was the captain. And, you know, this dude, like, you know, fails to shoot at this thing and Kirk, you know, tears him up. But by the end, you know, Kirk realizes, like, that he was kind of sucked into his own ego. And it shows the character of Kirk as a leader and a commander. And I think partly fleshes out to the viewer why this guy is such a legend in Starfleet. Because it doesn't go into... His leadership, you know, during wars and during times of, you know, crisis that involves the ship, because normally it's a crisis that for some reason involves him, Spock and McCoy, because they're the only motherfuckers allowed to go down to a planet and get shot at. But anyway, yeah. we'll get into that here in a minute, I'm sure. Plus, unnamed fourth person. Yeah. Um <laughs> Vaporized. Uh I don't have the, a last name. <laughs> no, Diamato.
1: Remember, I'm he's sorry, a geologist. You, you mispronounced that. I don't have a last name. Yeah. Um <laughs> fade out. Okay, <laughs> uh, yeah, he got touched in the in the face by a AI melted. lady. Yeah, that's um, true.
2: This is for you. Oh. I DMR. like uh I like the episode where what what historical figure did that guy take on? He like abducts them to their mansion. Oh, you're talking squire uh, of Oh God. Yeah, I can't remember all the episode he, names. He abducted them and it turns out that he's like a child of this yeah, squire, squire of Gothos. Yes, yeah. Gothos. And that's right. And I, I like that one because uh it really showed I think the kind of the underlying ethics of the Federation. Yeah. Because they, they were like, this is a kid. Like what's we're not gonna kill him. Yeah. And you have Spock who states very clearly, like, I don't hate you. I just I object to you. You have all this power. And, and you, use, and it you for, use it for selfish infantile reasons I just object um, yeah. I think the weak ones were um, the episode where he goes to the uh, the insane asylum for like the second time yeah yeah and, and they, that were, well, they were out
0: of money at that and point
2: and that's exactly it it's, it's not weak because it was written poorly it's just weak because my watching these with Mike is awesome because Mike knows so much about like editing and set design and all this that Mike's like you can tell they're out of money because they've been on the same set for 25 minutes now.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> they're literally yeah. just like 25 minutes in the same room and they just change camera angles. It, it's it that. I mean, as I'll just say like you can't pull that off unless you're in theater. Yeah. Because under people going to theater already make a contract knowing we mm. understand you're not going to be able to yeah. change the set every five seconds. I'm going to look
2: at the same stuff for pretty much the whole night.
1: Yes, Um, what they're going for is for the experience of what an actor can bring to the stage and not so much the set. But when you're doing a movie, a little different, kind of helpful, especially if you've been consistently changing your stuff over the season. And then by the time you get to that episode, you're like, you're all in the same cafeteria because I think it was like it looks like the cafeteria off the Star Trek uh, off the Enterprise Mm -hmm. that they just redressed and made it into. Oops. Yeah. Anyway.
2: And the other one, I think there's four. And they're all close ties. The second one is Gary seven because uh, yeah. Gary seven. And, then, uh, the, yes, the other two are the ones which Mike already mentioned one, the hippie episode. And then also the episode where the, uh, the female officer is, is trying to, there's, there's like a whole court drama about her trying to become a commander. Oh yeah. A, a that one. Yeah. And the reason I dislike that is because both are instances of what we have dubbed, uh, Roddenberry trying to be progressive. Yeah. He's, and he, he's no pretty fucking ham handed at it. Well, and that's the thing. About, he's like, oh, it's hippies. But, you know, it's like, oh, they're satanic and they try and take over the ship and infect the crew with bad morale. It's like it's somebody who doesn't get it. They yeah. don't
0: they don't understand the hippie movement. So he does this thing trying to understand the hippie movement and explore it in this setting. But as you point out, it's so ham-fisted.
2: Well, the, and the same with the Commodore episode, because it's like, oh, girls can be important, too, except for this one, because she's not very good. Like, what if you had made it so that she was depressed? Never forget it. Don't worry about it.
0: <laughs> so, yeah. And he tried. You try, he tried, Gene. He tried. And that's kind of why it stands out. It tried in an era where people didn't. My favorites that stand out is a uh, piece of the action. Mm. mainly because it shows really the dangers of cultural contamination from a more advanced culture. So yeah. you you have this planet of people that are very emulative and they kind of copy what they see. And you say, we are this great and mighty civilization to where even the least of our little cargo ships has faster than light travel. And these people find a book. And this book says... This book is their past, but this book is also perhaps a blueprint on how to get that powerful. So they copy it exactly, and their culture becomes like 1920s, late 1920s Chicago. Yes. And it's hilarious because you're like, well, that's dumb, but well, what if you had a culture that was intelligent but also... You know, mm-hmm. it, it's, it, I think it's plausible. Yeah, it, it, in they're using the 1920s thing because they had the 1920s gangster set at Paramount mm. for like the Untouchables or whatever. Yeah,
1: but and I I also like how Kirk did what he did in Korra might Maneuver in that episode yeah. where he's just like, let me tell you about a game called Bizbin. Yeah, he
0: just <laughs> just just bullshitting. It way. seems
1: like such a really like even even uh, Spock was like, uh, okay like yeah, i don't sure. even think Sp- spock was like is i i felt like william Shatner was like improv.ing i don't know i know that's not the case but it just seems it, like it improv felt, it felt very
0: real it felt very just improv off the cuff this is what a guy would do when cornered it feels <laughs> like in every game in D where the thief gets caught yes he's like i
1: wasn't <laughs> stealing i was uh that, that was mine and i had dropped it and you know just tried yeah. to i did that as you know. a rogue i bought i was leaning against the door to listen, and I fell through, and it was a poker game, and it was all enemies that could kill me, and I was—I just went deal me in, and they're yeah. like, uh, "Who are you?" And I'm like, I'm "Here to play the game," and they're like, "Okay, yeah, I, I, I Kirk it. did the same thing exactly, um, basically."
0: I like the Archons episode, mm-hmm. um, where you have this whole society, and that one's really creepy because you it is—you have that whole society that is just like the purge. Again, where shit's stolen, the Red Hour. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. So you have this civilization that's being driven by this AI masquerading as a god. Mm -hmm. And I love that episode because it... There was that one thing that stands out to me in that episode, with like the prime directive: we can't meddle. And they're like, that doesn't apply to a dead civilization. Kirk's like, I don't fucking care. <laughs> well, yeah, but he he
2: found his way to weasel out of it. it Kirk's shows. like me when I'm being sarcastic and an asshole. It's, Somebody, <laughs> some airman pisses me off or some shit like that, and I'll just stand around and I've got like BDU's on. So of course it's like eight thousand pockets, and I'm like, hang on, no, I just got, hang on, hang on. And you just go through every single pocket, and you're like, oh no, oh heavens, no, my fucks, yeah, I didn't leave. Oh god, I didn't put them in any of these. That's it's. That's Kirk he's hey like, the
1: prime directive doesn't uh apply to a dead civilization to archaeology has, get Kirk, point. that's not funny please what? stop
2: hang on hang on click hey Scotty did I leave any fucks on the ship if you find any fucks, no sir <laughs> no a fuck can you find can you find doc can you find bones can you put me through the med bay bones did I leave any fucks in there
1: <laughs> he's like Jim it's three in the morning what the hell are you talking about <laughs>
2: I'm a doctor, not
1: a I, fuck giver. Yeah, I was also thinking, like, you know. Kirk's like, just throws his hands up. He's like, there you go. No fucks on the ship. I can't help you, buddy. I feel like Bones would be the guy that, no matter when you call him, he'd always be annoyed by it. Yeah.
2: You know what? I think that's a good segue into what I'm sure is one of your questions on there. If I may. Mm-hmm because you know everybody has a character they identify that, with. we're getting coming, there okay we're, we're we'll, getting I'll, there i'll, put, I'll, getting I'll just there. i'll put that back in the deck
0: so the the thing is is the the other ones that stand out Corporate might maneuver because peak kirk mm-hmm, just mm-hmm. bullshit somebody who's more powerful than you i love that and the one that stands out as bad and i will explain why is gary seven's episode Can't. it was a pilot it was an attempted pilot because Roddenberry was trying to spin that off into a show, at least as far as I'm aware. Mm-hmm. And nobody wanted it because if you watch that, you're like, this is an American Doctor Who,
1: but bad. Um, yes. And, and, and I, I it was I, supposed to be an un- unproduced it's supposed to be a spin-off of right. star trek yes and, and it just doesn't it's like it doesn't work because it's not even the same time period it's terrible in every way because the guy's like hold on i need to i need to
0: pretend to be somebody i i have all my fake documents here let me go through and all of them say gary seven comma cia gary seven comma police detective and i'm like what the fuck that's like an eight it's like in papers please where oh yeah that guy comes through Georgie and he's oh, got the fucking ca- Crayola <laughs> yeah, and I am from Cobras then it uh, is just no, you're not
1: yeah it's so <laughs> dumb uh, well Gene Ronberry wanted to I think he wanted to make it into like a show but the, the people are like we're not we don't want to pilot so he's like I'm already making a show. I'll just put this yeah. in the thing. It's, and it's
0: recycled. And yeah, it and they bad. were. Ho-
1: he was hoping that they would see that and go, oh, I see your genius now, but Except no. Ego really was the, not his strong suit. But cocaine was. <laughs> Anyways. My other
2: favorite, oh, the worst part was that fucking cat. The cat that was... That the was cat that wasn't like, a clip no. of a cat meowing. It was someone going, meow, yeah. meow, meow, meow. And it went on for like, 20 seconds cats every time the cat was in making frame. noise oh my god that's, yeah that's what i know about cats they are constantly wailing oh, and boy. then
1: he's talking oh, to boy. it
2: yeah yeah it's, no stop and then it turns into like a girl in a cat suit at the end of the fucking video like you're fired gene right. stop doing coke get out so, of here he can't he can't help
0: yeah himself. i mean the, the thing, the next thing that's, that's kind of interesting is you know Star Trek ended abruptly. They show the turnabout intruder mm-hmm. and they don't even finish it, and it's just this weird moment. But Mike introduced us to Star Trek Continues, which is a fan series you can find on YouTube that perfectly, good. yeah, I think it perfectly bridges the gap between the original series' abrupt, weird ending and the beginning of Star Trek the Motion Picture. Yes.
1: And it it perfectly explains why these characters are where they are by the motion picture. And and I know that when people suggest to people other, I mean, this happens for me, people suggest fan projects. Yeah. You get kind of dubious. Say, it's like, I get it. I have seen I,
0: I, a lot of fan projects and this, most of them are beautifully well intentioned, but yeah. they come down to, this is my original Self-intern. character, right? My original character that I've put in the universe. Who's the greatest person who ever, and he knows all the main characters. And it's like, play a role playing game, put yourself in the universe that way. Don't, yeah force people to watch that
1: they they did a really good job because they had the backing of almost the entire original cast uh, a lot of the original writers that's uh, the
0: most impressive thing to me original writers returning original cast returning i mean yeah they believe in the fucking thing
1: yes they did the so we also have to put a caveat on this and tex knows what i'm about to say the first two episodes, they have an actor play Bones. Yeah. That's, that was just, uh, gives it as all. They're great episodes all. until he starts talking but he doesn't quite well and
0: i have you know watched star trek continues all as well dot 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 except first bones and i i'd written that down because the first
1: episode the first episode of star trek continues is about adonis they bring the actual actor back again which is
0: great for that well well
1: done yeah which is fucking cool as hell that Uh, was really well done
0: but First Bones is... N- I'm not saying he's a bad actor. I'm just saying he's a bad Bones. And
1: Yes, and they also introduce a character uh, counselor as an experiment mm, mm-hmm. on the ship. And it this character starts um, in this and continues throughout the whole thing. You guys should definitely watch it from the beginning to get an idea for this character because she does add quite a bit to the show, even as a periphery character.
2: I thought it was, I was a little shaky on her at first, but uh, I, I came to like the character yes. quite a bit. Yeah.
1: They, and, they allowed her to grow. Yeah.
0: Well, right. And the, I, I think that's why they put her in there, but also because of like a five-year mission, a five-year mission without a counselor or a psychologist- I mean it was bones. Yeah, but bones, bones was his fucking traumatized he, he just as the pour rest of a by the you whiskey end of it. and yeah. say
1: get go to bed. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, uh he just shoot
0: he's like, "Hey, what's that on the wall?" and he just shoots you full of Demerol or
2: something and you're like, Urgh. "I mean, I know it's I know it's technically alternate universe, but I think uh, I think the original or the reboot First episode of Reboot Star Trek pretty much sums up Bones character. He's climbing into the shuttle and he goes, Wife took everything and her wife took the whole goddamn planet in the divorce. Like that's
1: that's Bones. There um, you go. No, and I I think uh if you guys want to watch if you've already watched the original series and are a little dubious on fan stuff. Watch Star Trek continues. Really good. Really it's good. Really good. The ending for it is... It's a perfect bridge. This, the ending yeah. was so good because uh, it's a two-parter It'll give me the feels. Yeah. It,
2: it does. It was like, wow. There's there's episodes, even not even the end, that gave me the feels. Yeah. Big feels. So, speaking of feels... Nick hit that point on the head.
0: Favorite original series character, because everyone, as Nick has said, everyone has one they really identify with. And for me, it's Scotty. Because in my current job, they've jokingly called me the miracle worker because I take on more projects than I should and deliver consistently. But I also see the fun in Scotty being the guy who's like, it'll take eight weeks. It really takes two. So there's that little bit of I'm going to get the work done. I'm going to work really hard. I'm going to do a lot of crazy stuff. But, you know, a little bit of a scoundrel as well, which I I think is fun. But what appeals to me with Scotty is there's that one scene where he's like, what are you doing for fun? He's like reading technical manuals. That's what I do. Yeah. You know, and they're like, oh, well, it's vacation. He's like, this is vacation. That's how I feel because I'm always working. But. You know, being a professional in my field, that's kind of how I feel. I'm always kind of in that mode, mm-hmm. and I kind of understand that character more as an adult. When I was a kid, it was never Scotty, but for me, Scotty as yeah. an adult.
2: Nick? Uh, Doc. Bones. Bones all the way. I've, I've always had an interest in medicine, and really, um, more than anything, time and money are what have prevented me from, from really pursuing it. But uh, just in terms of, of manner— too. Just, just a doctor who has a good bedside manner with people who are legitimately ill. But when you're acting like a fucking idiot, he's he's he just has no patience for it.
3: Yeah, that,
2: that <laughs> he'll is. just sedate your ass and be like. Get on the goddamn bed. Kick your feet into
0: those wall pedals right <laughs> now, you fat piece of shit. I'll fill you full of meth, and you won't want to do anything but kick those fucking pedals. <laughs> I love where he just puts Kirk on it, and he's like, "Yeah, sweat, you fat bastard." And
1: so what they're describing is in the in the med bay are these two blocks that are on the wall. Yeah, and you got kick them. You just push your feet into them like they're the stairmaster, but it's upside down. Yeah,
2: they're you got to because feces. for some reason there's no gravity, and you can't ride a bike. I guess I don't know. It's, it's fucking such
1: a weird yeah and it's like a half bed and he's always
2: like and and i think it's
1: all leather on the on that bed so it's like it's nice and
2: greasy after you get off of it gross yeah but i i like um i like that and uh i'm fascinated with space but i'm also i'm kind of generally just like a mildly salty person i guess maybe i'm just grumpy from i don't know what but Mm. I definitely identify with that, like those bones isms, you know, like I hate transporters. I hate space, you know, like, oh, good. Yeah. Get on the transporter pad and get your molecules scrambled and shot across space to be reassembled somewhere else. Maybe if the other guy doesn't screw it up. Like. Well, and as a kid, the thing the thing I never
0: picked up on as as a child was they were very cleverly hiding swearing star trek are you out of your vulcan mind yeah. yes yeah. yeah and as an adult you're like that is great oh yeah that that is fan fucking
1: tastic mike who's your favorite it's the same as yours just for the of... same exact reasons yeah. i i do the same thing uh, just
0: throw yourself into your work and you're like oh yeah it'll take eight weeks it's gonna take two
1: yeah <laughs> um that that's how i feel especially when i was younger yeah and people would give me all this stuff to do at school, and I would just knock all of it out in the months' worth of work I'd knock out in a week. And I, I would just sit there and be like, "All right, cool. I'm gonna go make a comic book now." <laughs> that's i literally that's all I did. Um, and uh, I I relate with that. And Scotty, um, I can act like Kirk. I think we can all do like not like the impersonation, but just like in terms of the methods in which he commands. I think all of us can act like Kirk. Well, I mean, the there's also the bullshit is easy to kind of like especially when you realize like what he's doing you're like I could do that well, yeah. they're
2: all very layered characters too yeah they're, they're yes. not well that's the problem
0: I have with Star Trek is it's been parodied to death by so many people there's so many homages to it there's so much that's stolen from it and people are like, oh, yeah, the original series. Everyone's just really silly, overacted characters. And then you watch the layers to the character. and you're like, no, you obviously never watched this shit.
2: Yeah. And, I mean, it's it's to the point where, you know, every, I think everyone can identify with something with any character in Star Trek. I and agree. I yeah. think, you know, because I'm, I'm at a point in my life where, you know, I'm kind of conflicted between, you know, my career progression is moving towards being in the military. So, you have that kind of struggle of... You know, Kirk, like, oh, I'm trying to do the right thing, but I'm, I'm constantly a slave to, you know, service all the time because that's Kirk's life. He yeah, he's you know, married to the ship. He's married to the ship, but there's also um, – and that's not something that's explicitly stated. It's, it's implied in how the character acts and how other characters talk to him. He never confesses that. There's um, – so much depth in Spock's character because people forget that he's only half Vulcan. Right, right. And there's that really great episode that really kind of lays bare who Spock is in just like one scene where he uh, he lets that one ambassador energy being thing, the Gorgon or whatever it is, uh, kind of occupy or share his consciousness. Yeah. And the thing says, I can't believe how lonely you are. Right. And yeah. it's it's saying that about Spock. Right, and Spock is not someone who betrays any kind of romantic feeling, and I'm pretty sure that's how it's meant. I'm not sure if that's no i I think that's I, what I, it means. I think that's he's the connotation, desperately lonely as they all are on that ship, well, yeah. yeah, a five year mission <coughs> would be insane, yeah, so and it's but it's yeah. it's things like that that I think really show how well these characters are are put together and layered and how much depth there is, and how much you can you can find something with anyone to identify with because I mean there's Sulu who's always you know. Really chipper and, and and excited, like everything is new and cool. There's there's Chekov who's kind of always loves Starfleet.
0: Yeah, yeah. he loves, loves being in Starfleet. W- yes. He's he's that guy in the army who goes MREs. Oh man, menu number nine. Yep. That one has pound cake. You well, know, and he's just my favorite with yep. everything.
2: There's there's Chekov who's kind of like always struggling to sort of find his place on the ship or his he always specialty. feels like the
1: little kid. Yeah, always. Yeah, 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 yeah. And Which, nobody treats him like he's fully in command so he always has to be uh
0: they teach him like they treat him like uh the kid brother yes you know like all right let's bring track, home. Huh? not in a bad way just he's gonna learn the ropes yeah well, he
1: started out really young and yeah. then he went with the crew that never brought on any new people after him
2: well he's like a he's like a super young ensign being put on a five-year deep space mission Captained by a guy who, captained by a senior command staff who are veterans of the first Klingon War. I mean, like, hurting motherfunkers. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. mean, can you imagine where the expectations would be? Like, where the bar is on
1: that ship? Yeah. Oh, my God. The Corporate Might Maneuver showed that.
2: Not to we mention even- that, you know, every fucking two days some alien is taking over the captain's brain or like shutting the ship down and asphyxiating people or someone's or, getting turned into a fucking D20 or some shit like that. Well, like, not
0: only that, I mean. Fuck,
2: man. Imagine with like Scotty. It's like, hey, you gotta restart
0: the engines. This is against the laws of physics. You have 20 minutes. Uh, hey, uh, that-
2: Scotty. Hey, man. How are you doing today? Anyways, um, so uh, just quick rundown. Don't have a lot of time. Trapped inside a space amoeba, anti-matter bomb. Get the engines on or we're all gonna die. Okay, thanks. Bye.
1: Yeah. <laughs> we're 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 on a well, spiraling a course, course what? failing orbit into a planet everyone on the ship is drunk and you have no competent crew members can you restart the engine in the next five minutes or we're dead oh yeah by the way the startup procedure says 30 minutes minimum or it blows up yeah good luck oh we did okay, good you figured it out and created time travel that's how much bullshit scotty had to pull but you also know
0: that in the process in the sidebar of his solution it'll be like in coincidentally invented time travel yeah and they'll be like all right well anyways tomorrow could you work on the following (laughs) thing there's there's no metal yeah There's no like here's
1: your Nobel Peace Prize. Here's your And <laughs> it's just yeah well tomorrow you got to replace those coils. Half a there. deck's lights went out on deck five. yeah you need to go down there and fix that uh, the thermostat is stuck at 80, so you're gonna need to work on that yeah and time time travel? Travel?
2: that's that's pretty cool anyway food processors on the fritz again so you, you have to you understand
1: that I, I get that in space we would use the metric system on the enterprise they use Fahrenheit for the temperature.
0: Yeah, because it's America. So <laughs> Nice. <laughs> and if you other countries have a problem with that, you can put people on Wind the moon, war, too. more world
2: wars. That's true. Two <laughs> world wars. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> hey, Tex, how many people using the metric system have put a man on the moon? Uh, I believe the answer is
1: zero. Oh, yeah. Weird. Hmm. Strange. Well, even I mean, though we use the metric system to put people on the moment, shut yeah, your mouth, and we, you stop talking over there. You,
2: just, you, you just yeah, stop.
0: We we had a fucky-wucky with a satellite once where it was like programmed <laughs> yeah, for I metric, remember, yes. and they fed it in in you know pounds, and it just flew into Mars at full send, and
2: they were like, oh, there's there's that's the only time we as Americans can make that argument and look cool. So you gotta let us, you gotta let us have it, because then it's like, well, if you want to remember how many feet are in your mile, you just Whatever fucking stupid acronym, and it's like five more tomatoes. good it's five thousand. And then someone's like, "Why don't you just have a thousand meters?" And that's what's in a kilometer because it's a thousand, and it's not how many fucking eagles per liter of oil you fucking inbred piece of shit. Like <laughs> well, it's, it's like, okay, hey, well, you got you, me on that one. When, when you
0: got your giant military-industrial <laughs> complex and rule the world through a pervasive economy, you can do that too. But until
1: that point, America. So. <laughs> Captain, the Klingons are about three hundred miles off the board. Now, (laughs) Jesus Christ!
0: (laughs) They are forty (laughs) furlongs. Two hundred kilocams.
2: <laughs> I almost shot tea out of my nose. It's measured in chain and fathoms. So, <laughs> how many how many stone is the Enterprise?
3: That's
2: <laughs> We're
1: traveling at five thousand knots. <laughs> oh Jesus! <laughs> All
0: right. So um, now that we've heard
1: everybody who. <laughs> has an, a modicum understanding of that. We'll, we'll, see,
0: we'll see who has a VPN and
2: who's really from other countries.
1: Yeah, yes. if you're British you're and you very... listen to
2: this, you probably just had an aneurysm, but we're hey, recording you guys, this close guys, to the 4th of July, so... You, ha-ha. you
0: guys invented the system we use, and then you got bored of it. You also invented, like, Canada and America and then got bored of that, so you're gonna deal with us.
3: Yeah.
0: Every time England gets a little uppity, I'm like, hey, when you had a global empire and Australians are your fault, and I say those two things, and they're like...
2: Oh, Remember right. that time you wanted to build an aircraft carrier out of sawdust? Uh Project Habakkuk.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so um Anyway, back to Star Trek.
0: Right. So Sorry. um don't cut that. That's too good.
1: I'm not
0: <laughs> So <laughs> What, what themes do you think stand out about the original series? Mm. I, I, I think that Star Trek original series is one part noble bright, not grim dark, but it's mm-hmm. noble bright. Like, you know, they're like, yeah, racism's gone. Classism's gone. Poverty's gone. But I mean, it is and is isn't. Right. I was going to get to that. It is and it isn't because it shows in order to have those things. They constantly have to struggle against a big, fucking scary, seemingly random universe. And they have to constantly deal with people like Mud. And mm-hmm. Harry, Mud is the least of their problems. You know, when, when you
2: realize... You just have to deal with Mud, that's a pretty good day.
0: Yeah, and, and so it's, you have to deal with all this chaos. And the one of the things that's really weird is it feels very Noble Bright, but it also feels like that is really in the balance that chaos is really in the balance and mm-hmm. anything can go wrong at any time that it's, threatens that.
1: Yeah, they have this utopian society, but then they run across a guy with a big giant forehead who <laughs> turns half the crew into bananas and then picks one off the floor, peels it, and eats it, and they're like, Ensign Bunton tastes delicious. And you're like, Fucking great. What the fuck am I, why do we need to go to space? Well, I think it also shows <laughs> that
0: this utopian mindset doesn't work because it shows utopianism but they're like hey we're here to show love and good and these people are like great uh, we're going to hitch right on your ship and take it over
2: and they're like fuck and I think it's really economic utopianism because if you're talking about utopianism I mean are you talking about a utopianism of, of the human condition because that it is not I mean we, we just finished talking about how the entire crew of this ship is cripplingly lonely I mean, mm-hmm. you have the episode where Kirk has a boo boo on his noggin and forgets who he is, and you know he's sitting there with this Native American woman, and he's like, "I have never been happier. I've I've yeah. never been this happy." Like he doesn't know what happiness is, and then it's just fucking taken away from him because he gets stoned to death.
1: <laughs> well, <Yeah>. Like,
2: <laughs> anyways, back to space. Oh, I thought you thought you were going to be happy. No, 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 you silly man. One well, the well, no, well, it's, and I, it's I not agree just with you. that. It's in that episode we were kind of ragging on in the insane asylum the the prime villain is this old war hero and then hugely decorated like hugely i've heard decorated. of you at the academy you were required reading like he is to kirk like kirk is to other people right and and they were like well the war is over and thanks for your service anyway uh back to basic subsistence for you have a great day like yeah. there's no don't go crazy that'd be awkward yeah <laughs> exactly there's there's no improvement really to the human condition in terms of the human spirit philosophically speaking there's still the challenge of wow I'm unbelievably alone I have no really deeper connection to other humans I'm and on mm. top of that I have learned that there's a great big pink shell around the universe and if you fly through it people turn into horrible psychic monsters sometimes <laughs> sometimes sometimes I fly through it sometimes just from trying to spice things up you know just whatever. the cotton candy field the cotton candy field but it's I, I think that's something that's interesting to point out
0: Well, I I think you're right. I see the themes of what I like to call big, scary universe there, where it's just the unknown. Oh, yeah. And there is a cost. There is a huge cost at having to drive the frontier outward. And that's why you need people like Kirk who can just problem solve and make shit up. And you know, do the best they can because there's the prime directive, but that's malleable because right. it's the wild west. It's cowboy diplomacy. It's just hey, this this is our
2: guidelines. Do your best. But now, do we have the uh, do we have the uh, discussion plan for the the directive that? You and I came up with the full spread directive.
0: Well, yes. Okay. Um, so, don't so, jump
2: the gun. If no, we're no, no,
0: no, no. Believe me, I I have a wonderful <sighs> fountain pen that I love to take notes with. So I've I've got us some really good talking points. We'll but, come back to that. One. Oh yes, because that's next. Um, here's my question: What would you do as Kirk or as a captain of that era, where Starfleet is obviously trying to go out? They're sending these people on these very long missions to go out. Meet new cultures, new civilizations, Mm -hmm. but also obviously prime them to join the Federation, add their resources and culture and whatever, you know, to the Federation. But also in your answer to this, I want you to wonder, think and puzzle a little bit about Starfleet of this era where ships go out and they don't come back. Ships go out on these missions of exploration. People die. People go crazy. Ships disappear. You know the risks in this what kind of captain would you be on a five-year mission to meet all these cultures what kind of captain would you be when faced with these aliens and you can use of course the scenarios we've seen in the in the show as how i would react to this but i think everyone out there has said if i was the captain of the enterprise here's what i would have done with that power at my disposal
1: well give us a scenario well okay piece of the action okay (laughs) <laughs> All right, so Peace the Action, how would you have solved that? Well, uh, give us a rundown of how it is for people who don't know what the Peace the Action is. Mm. Okay, good, good, good call. Yeah, good call, because a lot of people are like, I want to listen to you. I don't want to watch
0: the Star Trek. I also talk like I'm crazy, you know, or, uh. It's okay to talk crazy,
1: s- just watch Star Trek, it, though. Them.
0: Yeah, do do watch Star Trek. And I'm I'm just making fun. I don't mean to insult anyone who also talks like a very bad impersonation of God knows what, but Harry Curry? <laughs> it was a little bit of Harry Curry and then I just went for dumb. So yeah. It's okay. There's a reason why. All right, I, tell us tell us yeah, the piece of the
1: action. No problem. piece of the
0: action. The go to a planet that was last visited by a Federation ship. They find out this Federation ship exploded at some point. So they never quite reported back or came back around or what have you. And it was like a while before the enterprise, I want to say like 80 years or something. Um, And one of the artifacts that this crew left, because there was no non-interference directive, there was no prime directive in this period, they left a book behind, and this culture was noted as being emulative, and they're very much copycats. They would see something, and they would copy it. And the crew noted in their brief time there with this previous visit that they tried to copy everything they saw as successful or bringing power, something along those lines. So this book was left behind that was... Something like The History of the Gangs of Chicago during the Prohibition Era. Mm -hmm. This culture finds that book and uses it as a blueprint for a successful society. I mean, it basically
2: becomes their Bible.
0: Right. And it becomes not only a Bible, but... Because, you know, a Bible in many ways is kind of an ethos or ethics driven book, a morality book. This becomes also a societal blueprint. True. So so they, they see all of their moral values from this book. What is permissible? What is not permissible? The rules of engagement, the rules of conduct. But they also see this in how do you build a civilization? So the highest tech is radios, cars, and Tommy guns. And it's this really weird, bizarro planet that is ruled by bosses that all want a piece of the action. And Kirk goes down there and deals with their shenanigans and tries to be hands-off at first until terrifying all of them with his giant fucking weapons, saying, I could wipe you all out in an instant, and then aligns. All of these people under the Federation, because the Federation or the feds as these people see them Mm -hmm. come in and demand a piece of their action, which Kirk intends to set aside as a construction fund to better educate these people out of their barbarism.
1: I think I've summed it up. Yeah. um, And to correct, uh, Spock did point out that messing with them would violate the prime directive, but Kirk corrected him and said, well, the horizon already crashed here. Uh, So we're we're already fucked here, yeah. And then Spock was like, "Okay, all right." So how how would you how would you so the Prime Directive does exist. It's just it's used loosely. It's just kind of like not like Next Generation, because a lot of people are very familiar with the Prime Directive and Next Generation, where it's hammered. In the original series, it was a case by case basis because it's a Wild West era. Nobody knows what the like if you're gonna face something horrible. Prime Directive's going out the fucking window. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's just how it is. Whereas, you know, fucking next generation they'll kill their entire crew before they break the prime directive, which is insane. Anyway, yeah. so how would you solve a beast the action?
2: I think I would have been uh my, my policy is that safety of ship and crew comes first, and of course there's that's really who Kirk is, but there's a lot of stuff that gets done for the sake of drama. Of course, of course. Um practically speaking uh I don't think I would have endured quite as much being captured as much bullshit. Tex and I have and, and Mike have all agreed that we would we would have a lot of codes for when command staff are on or anyone is on planet like queen to queen's level 7. Not even something like that like hey if I press this button on the tricorder like beam me up immediately and and beam up the party immediately and I would I would have gone up and I would have like established radio communication room and like Hey, uh, check this out. Uh, We're not the mob. I probably would have tried to angle for it something like what Kirk had done. But if they respect power, I would have just set ship's faces to stun, and I just would have turned off a whole fucking city block. And I'd be like, yeah, so uh, fight me if you want to. Otherwise, uh, piece of the action. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much how that's going to be. If anyone comes here looking like me, you treat them right. Okay, good talk.
1: Yeah, I, I, I didn't think kill making one,
2: everyone will be fine.
1: People walk around with Tommy guns, you gotta make an example of them because they're not gonna listen to Well, let's put the gun down, guys, and we'll talk No, it's, you, it's you pretty, shoot a couple yeah. people with on stun, and you just point it at the other guy and you go, uh, this will be you next. Um, do you mm-hmm. wanna know how it feels to be stunned? No? Okay, well guess what we're gonna do? So I would have handled it very similar, and I'm sure we all have the same idea. I I would have basically gave him a show of power. Once I realize, oh shit, these guys are actually trying to take us on with Tommy guns, you know, had a code that I'd clearly, if I land on this planet and something bad happens to me, just keeping a lock on us and just beam us up whenever we're not, when we're not around like five people, you know? Yeah. In the
2: middle of a conversation, or, just, we start beaming up. Or beam them up too and have security at the teleporter. Yeah, I... I would have... Yes, exactly. I would have... have, Let me demonstrate uh, to you how incredibly fucked you are right now.
1: Yeah, you lock them in transport. And then you beam out, and then you're like, okay, they're beaming, and they got guns, so everybody just... I would have... Okay, here's what I would have done.
0: I I would have found out that this is a culture that's excited by monetary gain. You know, where everyone's like, they want a piece of the action, they want money, they want power. And you would say, yeah, I uh, I got some of the best weapons ever made coming in but I'm only going to sell them to the best boss and only the best boss can show up and buy them. You better bring all your money. So all of these guys are idiots and they're going to show up with all of their best muscle and all of their best yeah. gear and whatever. And when they all show up to the spot you've designated, you beam all of those people into a cargo container and then you beam that into the sun.
1: <laughs> wow. Why would you <laughs> That's murder? That's pretty dark. Why would you murder them? What was your, what's your reason for murdering them? I've removed all of the most
0: cunning and brutal people with all of the sort of inspiration and drive who will be cruel and exploitative uh toward their fellow man in one fell swoop and then i go down and i go okay now that that's done now that i've disappeared everyone i'm in charge it would have been a five minute episode and i would have been court-martialed but i (laughs) (laughs) you
1: would have been like that guy on stargate who's like i'm a god and you have to listen to me because i'll turn the sky orange (laughs) that was a really dumb guy They handled it to the best of their abilities, but I mean, they could have just amplified the all those. But anyway, yeah. Um,
0: <laughs> Heckler and Koch yeah. solutions, but Sherman. <laughs>
1: yeah, well, you know, the, the official firearm of the navy. Um, Stop being poor. Or the air force. No. Anyway, um, in Stargate. Anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what but I was gonna I, say. I, I, no, I would have. I, I would have shown them power. And then I would have been like, okay, I'm going to bring some anthropologists and psychologists down here, and they're going to take care of you guys. And I called Starfleet, be like, hey, uh, here's the situation, here's what you're going to deal with, and here's the people you need to send here. I am not a part of this group of people, so and,
2: and that's exactly it, because that's that's the glory of any kind of military institution. Like, I have I have fulfilled my end of the bargain. I'm going to continue to swim pass in my the torch. lane. Do you want me to kill this people? Is someone else's problem. You want me to shoot problem?
1: somebody? I will do it.
2: Yeah, if you want me to do anything else on this planet, I'm gonna need some orders. Otherwise, I'm fucking leaving.
1: Well, yeah, do you want me to take all their Tommy guns? Because I could do that and create a vacuum of power and be pretty fucking dangerous. What but, if?
2: What yeah. if he did something even
0: worse? Like they were like, okay, you could you could defang that civilization because you could say, oh, you think Tommy guns are great? Pfft, those those are for children, man. And they're like, what do you got? You show them a phaser and you shoot a guy and stun, and you're like. That guy's dead. And they're like, holy shit, we want those. And they're like, you can only buy them with fun bucks. (laughs) And they're like, what? You subvert their economy to made up money. Yeah. And then you become the sole owner of that money and the sole holder of it. And you get them equipped with a whole array of weapons that only stun so they trade in all their weapons and all the have in these phasers. So you have gangsters doing drive-bys and they all fall down. And then five minutes later, they all get up and they're like, what the fuck?
1: Now, you know, I, I just thought of something really fucked up. What if you took a shitload of stimulants like adrenaline? Okay. And then you shoot oh, yourself yeah. with the phaser on full stun.
2: Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: Like, and you're like, oh, that's how the cool kids get high.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> and so they all phase themselves. <laughs> That's how the cool
1: kids get high.
2: Okay, that'd be fucking hilarious.
1: <laughs> Alright, so so and in- here's You just find a guy in a closet on the Enterprise who's done that, and he's just sitting here like oh ah, ah. <laughs> Just Phasing himself out and Bones is like, This is the third phaser I've had to t- take away from a guy. Holy shit. They just give these away. So <laughs> Here's the thing,
2: is I, the board, I don't
1: You don't think, have to pass the ASVAB to be on the red shirt team. No, you don't.
2: <laughs> I don't think there's a test for that. No, no. it's just you want to get out you of just Detroit. raise your hand.
1: We give you a red shirt, some slacks, some boots, and a phaser. Hey, point, to, point the phaser at who tired? I say wants to
0: die. Are you tired of Cleveland? Well, I sure am. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to see new places, comma, other than Cleveland? Sure. Do you like red shirts? It being I can't even see yeah. the color
1: red. Perfect. <laughs> oh, that's great. Can you
0: stand around and this look is, like you know what you're doing?
1: This is why the, the phaser settings can't be color-coded. Oh, yeah. Because mm. there's no way. Mm-hmm.
0: You know, it's original series. I mean, 1960s retrofuturism. It'd just be like a knob.
1: You'd be like, yeah. hold on. Yeah, it would sound like a camera film <laughs> thing. Like, <laughs> oh, God.
2: <laughs> what if it had a crank on the side and you had to wind it up and it was like...
0: What, what if it had a backpack <laughs> generator wow. that was like a leaf blower? Oh, man.
1: Gonna be
0: do, fucked do, do, in a minute. It's diesel. <laughs> Tim, reload me.
2: <laughs> no, choke it. You gotta choke it.
1: <laughs> Smoke. <laughs> You're flooding it. Oh, God. So, okay. I anyway, mean, we went really off the rails. Who
2: cares? It's We're funny. Oh, yeah. and, and, Can't no. download a podcast. Get wrecked. Yes. Yeah,
0: and that's the point. Just explore all the nooks and crannies. But I mean, the thing is, is about Starfleet of that era being as loosey goosey and cowboyish as it was. I think that in many ways, that my portrayal of Captain Horatio and the portrayal of the Star Trek crew mm-hmm. from the Courtesy Flesh, which you guys should watch, uh, that that whole uh, RPG is on there. But. I don't think that that would be inaccurate or terrible for that era, considering most people who said, this isn't how Starfleet would be. This isn't how blah, blah, blah. Most people who say that are from the TNG era. Yes. And they look at it through the TNG lens where they're like, you can't do that. And you're like, Kirk blew up somebody's god by yelling at it.
2: Tex, Tex, and I have concurred that um, we may not discover as many things as the Enterprise did, but that if we were each in command of a Constitution, there would be two more Constitutions in the fleet at the end of the series. Yeah, because I'd get to like I'd get to that planet where uh, like the uh, the kids were like there was a there was a plague yeah that wiped out all the adults yeah i'd yeah. get there and be like oh wow planet's empty and this guy's fucking crazy time to leave like scene. back it. to the ship Seen bye
1: it goes on a report on my clipboard i'm like been to the planet saw this is what i saw yep. shot yep. full of kids shot full of kids and weird s- shit See send psychologists and anthropologists and report Yep, there you Not go. Not a science vessel. Tex and I also have a protocol
2: called the full spread protocol. Please which is,
1: enlighten us. Yes, please. I want to hear uh, this.
2: I'm trying to think of a good a good example episode. Um, oh, the uh, the episode with the. Um, alternate earth episode oh yeah that, that where alternate where the earth one theory. dude goes yeah. native yeah yeah, yeah. And, and he's he like oh there's a the... plague on the planet and yeah. uh, there's comms let's see it's the comms and the uh what's the other yang's yangs yeah. and they're like the comms are communist Chinese and the yangs are and the Yankees, Yankees and, and it's yeah and they're in this horrible war I would have been like no we're leaving it's time to go and then the full spread protocol is this planet doesn't need to exist
0: they tragically killed themselves yes
2: tragic nuclear accident that's a we lot of orbit. craters the yeah, um that happens yeah the uh the the nazi planet the planet full of nazis yeah yeah full spread
1: that's that's yep. fair
2: cover that in photon torpedoes no one needs to know this was there's no here. way
1: you can talk those people out of that no. Yeah they you're just like no. And I I'd,
2: I'd go to the other planet of of people that they were persecuting to be like, "Well, they're gone." Well, I
1: think Thumbs up. I think at some point what you could here. do for that planet is just assist them in setting up their own Nuremberg trials. Because there were rebels and you don't people have to have that- trials if you turn the
2: other planet into a fucking marble.
1: No, no. <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. That's true.
0: Um, but here's here's my take on that, and it's it's one of those things where if oh. you had that kind of technology and you had a bad fucking day. Uh huh you wait till that chairman or whatever gets on the radio and he's like, we will destroy the um, Zeons. Was that in? I forget. He was he was like, Zeon pigs, you know. He's and then like, just torpedo. No. He just, just beam, beam his, his head off. No, well, I've, no, I, I would say beam his skin off. You know what I mean? <laughs> just go down to the transporter room and say, okay, see, see this I would guy like his in the skin. Yeah, just see this guy in his room here. I want you beam him up, but not all of them, just like the outer millimeter of him. Just beam that off. So he's talking one second, and then he is a screaming bag of meat that's shooting blood <laughs> in every direction. Then I want you, once he shifted a second or two, just screaming as you would, beam that skin back on. So it's slightly off center and everything. And it's just like, just horrible Cronenberg horror. And everyone's like, oh my God. So then what happens is this culture says, I can't believe that happened. Oh, it's poison. Someone tried to kill him or whatever. Mm -hmm. The next guy comes up, starts talking like that. Do Do it again.
3: again.
2: So you show... Weird. It's almost like anyone that gets up here and talks about that kind of shit has their skin skin come off. That's, Isn't that amazing? That's, that's so Horrible. And then you
0: have one of Weird. your guys beam down as an impersonator and be like, oh, it's a disease. If you have hate in your heart, you die horribly. And people are like, oh, we got to be really nice. And yeah. then you have a whole planet of like Bob Ross. Yes.
1: You know? That would be amazing.
0: Yeah. And marble.
1: Marvel. I, I was going to say, uh, that's way more horrifying and probably way more effective. But I was going to be like, no, I just put him in the buffer and then change his hand to feet mm-hmm. just feet like he doesn't walk on him no he just beams back down and he's just like what the fuck well, what if like in the middle of the speech <laughs> and so he's just like I got to uh, it's like feet really hands. weird and gross and he, he's, he's like I'll get him cut off when he cuts him off beam him back to the ship and then turn him back into feet yeah. keep doing it until he's like what cruel god is doing this to me there you go that's but I like yours better it's far more like what, fucked
0: up. What if what if you like beamed his insides out and replaced them all with marbles? Oh, he would just die immediately. Yeah, so they cut him open. They're like, "What'd he die of?" And they're like, "He's full of marbles." <laughs> and then there's like a little note in there that says, "Stop being dicks."
2: <laughs> or uh, signed Sky God. Oh man, another one. Another great one is that yeah. uh, that episode where they're uh, the radiation from this planet's sun makes them all colorblind.
1: Oh yeah, that's from
0: uh,
2: Star Trek. Continues. Is it really? Yeah.
0: It, it, but it melds oh, that well in your memory yeah, because yeah, it's a
2: worthy success. Yeah, so that's I'll a go
1: to, good. That's a good one.
2: I'll go to another one. Um, the uh, mm. the last two aliens of their species who were black on one half and white on the other. Yeah, yeah they just those guys were total assholes. And I'd be like, all right, you know what? I'll tell you what. You know, we'll 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 take both of you back to your planet. And I'd be like, would you please step into the transporter? And uh, we, we have a shuttle that's pulled alongside. It's going to take you back to their planet. Because in the episode, they pick up this one guy who stole a shuttle because he's the persecuted half of the population. And then this other guy boards their ship. And they start fighting. And one guy takes over the ship. And they're just, they're total fucking dicks. Yeah. And uh, and they're not a Federation planet. So Starfleet's like, I don't care. Get them the fuck off your ship. And like, they just, they're not getting it. And uh, that would drive me right up the fucking wall as a captain. And I'd be like, you know what? Uh, I'd wait until they slept. I'd wake him up and I'd be like, we've we've arranged, you know, I'm sorry that my ship can't take you, but we've arranged for a, a shuttle to come and take you directly back to your planet. And Federation understands the importance and I'd just beam into space. <laughs> not beam them apart into space just into space so that they have a few seconds of life left to watch me fucking leave <laughs> just like just like and i would right as the transporters are energizing i would just fucking flip them off <laughs> just, just, just like, like, huh. and, like uh, and then they're just in space and i'm like Anyways, time to go about what I was actually fucking doing. <laughs> yeah. This and doesn't even go in the logs. Yeah, like, no. No, road bump. What, what happened the- to those two guys? Oh, they, uh, we, we got them off at a station. Which station? I don't remember. Anyways, I gotta go.
1: <laughs> I, one thing I always found a little bit unsettling about the transporter is that anybody can use it at any time. Yeah. And can take anything and transport it anywhere on any part of the ship. The problem I have with So if cars- you have a guy who hates you, like you, you're you've busted him for like doing something in the mess hall as a captain and you're know, like our disciplinary action he's like I'm gonna take the captain I'm gonna beam his nose off you know you're gonna have yeah. that guy well
0: yeah and the thing that terrifies me about the transporter is it kills you it beams you into atoms yeah and then it faxes a copy of you and reassembles yeah. you it, yeah it's if, not if you, I, it's a clone but if I had a machine like let's say hey I invented a new machine and it takes you and turns you into atom dust I'd be like, "Text, that's a murder booth. And I'd be like, no, 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 no. I, I forgot to tell you about the other part. It reassembles that dust, or a copy of it or whatever, d- d- down, down the road. And you're like, so for several seconds, you are just particles. Yeah. Correct. You
2: have killed someone and made a copy as a murdering fax machine. <laughs> yes. I mean, if you really want to get into the mechanics of it, it's, it's using quantum entanglement. So, I mean, the... the but the A particle is destroyed to yeah. copy its information over to the other particle. Well, we assume that's The original... Happened. Well, yes.
1: They're converting I, you into energy, and then that energy is sent. It can't be copied. Yeah, but so does a fucking
2: fire convert you into energy. I it's mean, true.
1: Yeah, so... I'm with, someone, I'm
2: with Tex on this one. This is a murder booth slash I know, I,
1: I agree with you, but I'm saying that in the way it works is it turns you into energy, and instead of making a copy of an energy somewhere else, it's actually sending it. So if that energy just is gone... Copy or not, that's gone anyway. Right. When you're converted down the energy, it's you're whatever you were before is not the same because right. on the quantum level you change. Yes, and and the thing is, but they didn't they didn't do that. It was a production issue. Well, yeah, they didn't
0: have the money to build Who shuttles cares? at first. But I, no, I I like this yes. idea of it, and I, I also love the idea of like the transporter being something sold to Starfleet by like a guy named like Robert Transport. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, well, you know, it, it it turns you into
2: molecules, and it beams And he's just, he's just sweating fucking bullets the no. first time they use this thing. Yeah. I and mean, he is just like nervous as shit. And they're like, Robert, are you okay? And he's like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. And uh, then like just I normally
0: drink habit- this much gin. It's yeah. okay.
2: <laughs> 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 and then the guy materializes and Robert knows full well that he has just committed murder. And this copy is like, Wow, that's really cool because I guess it copies all your brainwave patterns. So whatever shows up has all of your memories. Yes, but it's just arguably not you. And he's like, "Wow, that's really this is incredible." And he's like, and Roberts like chugging gin, just shaking like a fucking leaf. They're like, like, "Oh, "Uh,
0: just as planned." (laughs) It transports a person, and he's like. Yes. (laughs) Yes.
2: <laughs> yes it he does. He's scribbling out murder facts machine in his book. He's like, Yes, what are you scribbling out? Oh nothing. <laughs> Name it
0: after me, Robert Transport. <laughs> um No, and I I think it's really funny that they never really talk about that because it I, I want to say that when they first started using it, like the guy who shows up on the transporter pad is just like he opens his mouth and screams for 10
2: minutes and then dies. And they're like, "Well, I mean, that's that's what? Uh, that's the movie. You yeah. the motion picture. They're I like, like that. well, what we got back didn't live long. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like,
0: I, oh, dear. Well, I like that because it shows like, oh, this shit is scary. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I see why Doc does not like these. Speaking of just weird stuff in Star Trek, because, I mean, we can talk about transporter shenanigans. Like-
1: I, think, I think we need to rewatch Enterprise. Because yeah. I, think, I think we both – I haven't seen it in a while, in an, well, but I just realized the guy who created the transporter, that was an episode in Enterprise. I, yeah, I remember it. And um, he, he was like, it took a whole minute to transport or something like that, yeah. and it was like really fucking scary. I think we should rewatch that because it's been a lo- – I haven't watched – star trek enterprise since i think like 2010 2011
0: enterprise was a show yeah that i think they started off well and then they went way into the weeds mm. and then by the end they were starting to set up the romulan war and a bunch of other stuff that was yes. going to be really fucking cool but they wasted and they had good characters they, they had good like commander shran and stuff like that really cool characters but the problem was is the temporal Cold War shit was boring as fuck. The Zindi stuff was boring as fuck. And then there's little episodes in Enterprise that stand out, like um, the one where I think the species is called the Alachi or Alachi. There, yeah, they're, I have yeah.
2: heard of them. Yeah,
0: you know, where the it's I think it's the hidden enemy or unseen enemy or something like that episode where they find a ship. It's got a distress beacon going on, and they find all these people that have been strung up, and their fluids are just being sucked out. And they're like, oh, my God, who would fucking do this? Well, these bad guys show up and they don't talk to them. They don't negotiate. They make no demands. They start trying to kill them, too. And it's that big, scary universe thing of there's terrible shit out there and you're not prepared
2: for it.
1: it you can't talk your way out of everything. Right. Some, some things are literally just going to kill you. And I and it, like it just doesn't
2: that. care. You're just you're you're a fucking bug.
1: Yeah,
0: It doesn't give a shit. I liked those episodes of Enterprise because I was like, ooh, that's a really cool idea. And I could see where, I mean, I can write Text Talks Battle Tech, and that's pretty much what I can write. I'm not a Hollywood writer. I'm not a script writer. But I know I would do other things with a story. And I know it's very easy for someone like me to go, here's what I would do. But I I think they could have done better with that
1: I, I and I one thing I can also give enterprise a lot of credit for unlike most prequels that are made um, of an established series mm-hmm. they didn't go in the route where it's like this is Kirk and his youth and his young years yeah. they went and just made a guy uh, who nobody at that point had ever talked about, and if they did, it was probably some really weird reference. Or... They put it in the fucking Wayback Machine, you know? Yeah, and so they, they made up all this whole new character cast and all this stuff. Of they the... made a
2: distinct era out of it. Right. Yes. Yes. yes, and... Which was not wholly alien, because they did touch into that, yeah. you know, pre... Starfleet era in First Contact.
1: I think the Enterprise uniforms, and I'm sorry if you disagree with me, but I think they're the best uniforms in the show. I'm Like, of all the series.
2: I like the DS9 uniforms. I'm I'm pretty partial to the the cherry
1: red. Which DS9 uniforms? The ones with the blue? Or are you talking about the ones that Voyager never changed out of? I I like the ones that look like work
0: overalls. I, I like those ones because the station like i like o'brien's got
1: the shoulders you know yeah it, okay everything's that, rolled up yeah you know. yeah Th- that's fine i but don't know those if, are actually my least favorite wow yeah i'm so, <laughs> 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 <don't>, no <laughs> no
0: um, um but if i had to say like best for bridge crew yeah. Um, it's gonna be Rathokon. Rathokon uniforms are yes. badass. Mm-hmm. I,
1: I that that is like they share the same rank for me. The Wrath of Khan uniforms and the Enterprise uniforms are my favorites. Well the Enterprise uniforms look like flight suits. Yes. Which I understand. They don't have pockets and any other uniform and yeah, then it's you, not a flight suit if it doesn't have a pocket that's that's terrible but the enterprise M&Ms. the enterprise ones they have fucking pockets in oh, them you M&Ms. could put pens in there
2: I've got some stories about M&M's and skittles and flight suits but well here's here's the thing is that
0: like what I love about enterprise is there's so many fuck ups in that and there's a I, I forget it, it's a one line that Scott Bakula says he's like there should be some sort of rules or directive to prevent us from doing this <laughs> 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 Yeah, And and I just laughed when I saw that and I was like, yeah, I could see why they would have a prime
1: directive, which is a noble idea, right? Because he had a crew that were like ready to shoot people and like tell them, hey, don't fucking do that. I'll kick your ass. And he's like, whoa, whoa, we've just met these people. Chill the fuck out. Well, and it, it prevents, I
2: think, if you indoctrinate that notion into people, it prevents things like dudes going native like they so often do. Like, hey, man, stop fucking doing that. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah. Like, knock that shit off. Well, it's, it's not only that. It shows that, like, there was a really good episode of Voyager, and I know we're getting out of original series now, but these are kind of Star Trek-y themes.
1: Yeah, I was going to yeah. say, a lot of people listening probably only really watch TNG, and that's fine, because yeah. TNG's great, uh, I'm because we're, we're dancing around it, because that in itself is its own beast, and a lot of the people we talk to really only... Like, I think the majority of the, the crew we did for Star Trek, the RPG, was... Mostly TNG right. and Deep Space and, well, Nine. Well, that's because that was on syndication in the 90s.
0: And yes. that's where a lot of those guys grew up. Um, and, and that's fine. I mean, I grew that, up that
2: too. But, yeah, yeah. Well, so yeah. did I. But, that's, that's what I grew up with was TNG and yeah, uh, but, a little bit of DS9.
0: Yeah, and, and, or
1: Voyager. And a Voyager. And a Voyager. Stay in the UPN <laughs> yeah, network. Um, interesting. Yeah. There's coffee in that asteroid. <laughs> <laughs> Man. I'm so glad she killed Tuvix. Anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's the one good decision she made.
2: <laughs> anyway. I have not seen this episode, and I am pretty excited to see this.
1: <laughs> no. You'll, you'll see it, and within the first five minutes, you're like, kill it.
2: <laughs> Please die. Yeah. It's... Um, anyway. So
0: here's here's the thing is I, I think that the Prime Directive is a really good idea, of non-interference. I mm-hmm. think that's a fucking brilliant idea. I like the idea of not contacting civilizations until they've gone to warp. Mm
1: -hmm. I think that's because then they become part of the neighborhood.
0: Yeah, they're going to bump into people anyways. So you have the, you know, galactic parent putting its hand on the shoulder and saying, if you want to sit at the big kids table, here's the
2: rules. But if you want to go out there and fuck around, here's what you should know. And it's also kind of uh, a little underhanded in the fact that you get to watch them and learn about Mm -hmm. them until they develop warp travel. And you can be like, all right, you want to play games, but I've been
1: watching you, and you've been really naughty. We talked about that. Like, No, that was like one of the first podcasts where we talked about uh, what kind of Star Trek show would we make. And I said uh, a concept of a planet that had just discovered warp travel, but then Starfleet's like, oh, you could join us, and they say no. Mm. that Yeah, that would be interesting. And then they have to like deal with they like look at Starfleet you see it from their perspective you see this big utopian-esque overbearing like Mm, quote utopian
2: unquote team bureaucracy
1: yeah Yeah. and they're just like flying around and exploring space and it looks exciting but there's just something inherently creepy about it and then you have the Romulans and I made this as a concept that who had already been to your planet and kind of told you like yeah there are these Starfleets out there and then there are the Klingons you guys need to be with us because we'll protect you
0: we'll we'll deliver real benefit to you not a bunch of words yeah Yeah,
1: and so they're like really paranoid of everybody and I think that would make for an interesting thing to see it from another civilization's perspective instead of like especially
2: interesting if if that contact with the Romulans happened earlier on in the civilization and since that planet has entered into UFP space yes and they don't have a way to contact the Romulans again to be like hey we're you know where, where
1: are you? That we're yeah, no, well, like we're we're like near Wolf Three Five Nine, and two of our ships have been impounded by Starfleet for some reason we don't understand. They are they're trying to tell us that we did something wrong. Can you guys assist us? And then there's the Romulans like. Oh, well, uh, we're currently in battle maneuvers and uh, can't really assist you in that era, area of space, and, you know. Yeah, that, that would be kind of interesting. And I mean, it really makes me
0: wonder about the application, again, of this prime directive. Like you have non-interference Mm-hmm. But they've shown that, like, in TNG, there were so many episodes. Like, Ross Scott did that beautiful yes, he did. breakdown of that one Star Trek episode. Yeah. Where it's like, well, this one planet makes the drugs, and it sells it to this other planet. And that other planet that consumes the drugs has all the industry makes and service. all of their stuff. Right. And so he fucks this entire civilization up to obey. Catherine Picard does. Yeah. To obey the prime directive. Which shows
2: how destructive it can be, but does he really obey the prime directive? It, it seemed like he was Not put really
1: It seemed like he was put to a test and he failed the test and just went on with his day. Like it was like a test at the academy. Yeah. and he goes, Prime directive, I don't have to. so beams the drugs onto the planet that has the addiction because um, it was only the one and only capsule because the drug facility was destroyed. With the, with their only ship that was able to travel between the worlds, they weren't able to build another ship for some reason.
0: Oh, uh, because they'd gone so far down that route of addiction and everything, they'd lost the ability, to, I guess, to innovate. I, so
1: without the drugs, the people who needed them couldn't get their facilities anymore or get their stuff.
2: He, and the he people- also withheld the information because uh, the the people receiving the drugs didn't know it's. Drugs. They thought it was a medicine cure for a disease. Yes. and a it, it, it was that they withdrawal. You know, um, so they they don't understand that they have been chemically enslaved mm-hmm. to create goods for this other planet that is massively more wealthy than them.
1: So. Picard just puts his hands up, washes his hands of the whole situation, says, alright, here's your drugs, go to this planet, and then right. he tells the other people, who doesn't have a ship or any means to help themselves anymore, because they relied on the people they drugged, and he's just like, fuck them. Well, and he leaves, it, and now there's this two planets that are just going to have civil war over the one capsule of drugs that they have still, and you have the rich person planet that's just going to die, because none of them have they agriculture. Don't have a farm. Which yeah. is the
2: comedy of it, and, and he points that out, is that the other planet is going to go through some dramatic social upheaval but ultimately it'll be fine because it has resources and the means to use them yeah the other planet's just gonna burn
0: yeah and 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 that's that's the thing that's wild is like the prime directive i understand as a concept don't fuck with primitive civilizations don't try to uplift people who aren't ready because if these people are going wow we have an energy crisis we can't make enough energy and you go oh here's
2: antimatter. They're yeah. just going to blow themselves to pieces. Yeah. And and I get that. I understand but, that. But once, you're, once your foot's in the door, you know, once you step in the mud puddle, you know, you can't. You're dirty. Yeah, you, you got to either wash it off somehow. And if, well, if I were in Picard's place in that episode, I would have just called Starfleet would have been like. Send somebody. Hey, this send is somebody you know, right now. We this did not is intend so to do fucked. this, but here's this unbelievably delicate situation that we got to find some way to unfuck or we're going to destroy two civilizations.
0: All right. So so I, w- I want to challenge us here because because this you is a Yeah. Let's challenge ourselves here. Let's say we have to make a track show in an era set after the original series mm-hmm. or before it. Mm hmm to kind of explain the universe why it is the way it is, what kind of show would you make and cast it if you can? And I'll start us off because I, I've written this down, so I have an advantage mm. on paper. So I would uh, set it as kind of a serious show it, right after original series, and it would be an Excelsior class or one of the refit Excelsior class ships, like you see Enterprise B. Mm-hmm. You know, I would Make it about trying to pick up after that cowboy era where Starfleet starts getting its newer cadets and what have you. They're also trying to get a better foot in the door. They're trying to understand the universe. They're trying to solidify everything. They've explored everything they've developed. They're trying to build on everything they've established because that cowboy era is retired. They're gone. Yes. And they're like, good luck. Yeah. And, and, and so these guys now have to go out and build the fences around the land yes. that they've established. They have to make good on all the promises. Mm-hmm. So that would be really interesting. You revisit planets. What happened to a piece of the action planet? What, what happened to all these places? What, what are the Romulans doing now? What are the Klingons doing now? Like, the Klingons, Kirk basically did a, you know, uh, three stooges to him every five minutes, like, Nyeh! and poke him in yeah. the eye and whatever, <laughs> antagonized him his whole career, killed some of them, and then, oh, I'm retired now. Yeah. And it's like, no, what happens? What happens after Star Trek Six? Like, what happens to the Klingon Empire? How does it become the TNG Klingon Empire? So I want to show all those. Um, And I I would show all the craziness of having to deal with that cowboy era going out there and doing whatever. And I would show the dark side to that. Some of the shit Kirk promised falls through. Some of the planets he visited died. Some of these civilizations he impacted advanced, but not in ways they wanted. And also there's new and old terrors out there. Um, I would cast
1: for the captain, Christoph Waltz. Okay, and explain who that is for people who don't know. Christoph
0: Waltz is, um, you'll probably know him from Tarantino movies, uh, just by and large. He is an Austrian uh, actor who's very interesting. And he was uh, Hans Landa in Inglorious Bastards. He was the dentist, which I think was his better role in Django Unchained. Mm -hmm. And I would have him being the the older experienced captain who lived out part of Kirk's era. But was you know a little wizened. I wouldn't make him as standoffish as Picard. I would have a good bit of that kind of Germanic humor to the captain. So mm. it's just like, oh, you have taken my friend's prisoner. I would like to introduce you to the transporter. You know, it just <laughs> beams them away, and is like, now I will educate you about technology. You know, just very <laughs> kind of German, kind of dry, yeah. a little stubborn. Um, The only other character I could think of for the engineer is Peter Stormare, Starfleet engineer. He's the guy who played Satan in Constantine.
1: Oh, man. Just really creepy
0: engineer. And I would just tell him to say, be weird and creepy, you know? So he's like, this ship is wonderful.
1: (laughs) You know, just just a little out of his mind. He's really looking at those nacelles and he goes, oh.
0: Yeah, just <laughs> just bizarre. Yeah, I, I would want him to be the brilliant, the absolutely brilliant, but terrifyingly misunderstood guy. I would want him yeah. to play like a Tesla of engineering. Somebody who explains why the ships in the next generation are so much faster and so much more capable. This guy is like a theorist. He's fucking brilliant, but he's insane. Yes. So like a, a John Erickson during the um, or Isambard Brunel, which were. Engineers in the yeah latter half of the nineteenth century. um So, Mike, tell us about the show you'd make.
1: I basically have already explained it, but it would be about not Starfleet. It would be about the planet. Okay, so you're still sticking with
0: it. No new ideas?
1: No, uh, I have a couple, but I honestly want to fill them out a little more. I think I'll mention them once I have a better. Okay, no, that's cool. Um, but I, I think just having a outsiders look at starfleet would be far more interesting of a show than another show about starfleet doing some shit that an
0: outsider's look into the federation yeah and the galactic community showing the good and bad of both i think would be really fascinating
1: what would be great too is that it allows us to reintegrate characters that were kind of used as bad guy of the week like gorn or the orion syndicates or the ferengi yeah, well, they Dude, once they introduced the Ferengi in Deep Space Nine, you could not get them on... Like, they were just in everything. At they that were point. hilarious, though. Yes. Um,
0: Magnificent Ferengi is probably the best DS9
1: episode. Mm, I think that's, uh has to go to the... <laughs> I think it was a Moonlight something. It was the one where he uh, lies to the Romulans to get him to join the war effort. That also is probably my number two. Yeah, mm. that's a great episode. It's um, fake! Yeah, yeah. um... No, I'm gonna stick with that, Nick. What's your uh, Star Trek episode?
2: So I would want to do a, um, I would want to do a series that's set after the end of the uh, Enterprise's five-year mission. Yeah, and after Wrath of Khan. Okay. So you've got like the insanity. That is like V'ger and the rediscovery of these, you know, eugenic soldiers and all this other, you know, the fucking Genesis project. All this crazy shit. You know, things are starting to heat back up with the Klingons again and the Romulans. Yeah. And I would want to do... Now, are we talking movie or show? Uh, Either or. It's up to you. Either or. I mean, it's it's really your game. I would want to try and do a show on the next round of... You know, five-year missions. The next round of exploration. the next great frontier, yeah. right?
1: They tried because. to do that with Enterprise, but it, yeah, it's well, different. Yeah, and, and its good parts are and good, Voyager, but, but yeah, its yeah. bad parts are. Bad.
2: Well, I, and that's kind of what I'm thinking is is Voyager, but original series kind of setting. So you're talking like you know pre excelsior and I would I would have them go out in a smaller, maybe experimental. Like okay, purpose built. Like okay, these are the things we learned from you know the enterprise and all the constitutions that went out. Those are mostly warships. They are frigates, right? Yeah. No, 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 no it's a cruiser. Uh, cruiser. Heavy cruiser, 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 cruiser. Heavy cruiser. Right.
0: Constitution's a heavy cruiser. God, why so, do we do that. I would I would
2: say Star like Trek okay, Atlanta. we're gonna we're gonna try and experiment with a purpose built exploration and deep space science. So
0: like one of the first of Asia, because they they take all that oh idea mm-hmm. they take all the information from the five-year mission and you see like a commission a planning commission right come together and go and, they, and, and they're like reading through it at the beginning and they're like giant space hand abraham lincoln
2: what and, the fu- oh yeah i would yeah. i would definitely reference some of that crazy shit yeah. like so you expect me to believe that julius caesar bach and 26 other historical figures are one fucking guy and kirk's like yes <laughs> <laughs> just a, you, a yeah. A giant hand grabbed your ship. Correct. Uh, it was the god Apollo. You had to fight. <laughs> you had to fight in gladiatorial combat against Genghis Khan with the help of Sarek and Abraham fucking Lincoln. And I would have it on like HBO, so that we could just put swear words in there because I think yeah. that would make it better. And he's just like. Yeah. You hear him like do
0: the Zuckerberg would, where he like drinks the water for a minute mm, and he's like, like beat a sweat and he's like, yes,
2: yes, uh, <laughs> I would, I would have, I think that's great and it would be that and they'd be like, you know, they'd go through all the tapes and review all the evidence. They'd be yeah. like, holy shit, this guy's not full of methamphetamine. No. Like, and and they this go, guy is legit
0: that we have to design a ship around these mission types.
2: Right. Yeah. That's, and that's exactly it. A, a direct response of Starfleet because you have to imagine that if they're going to invest you know, all these heavy cruisers in this five-year exploration mission, they're going to do something with the data afterwards. Right.
0: And that would be really cool. So show. I'm thinking
2: yeah. it would, you know, and they're probably going to use it to prototype a new vessel. So no, of course a new ship with, instead of, you know, cause the phasers were kind of like energy bolts, like, okay, we're trying a new experimental continuous energy beam phaser. You know, we're yeah, trying a yeah, yeah, new yeah. experimental photon torpedo system. We're trying, a new experimental. And the shit ch- doesn't work right at first. Right. Yeah. It's all fucking broken. You know, oh we're we're gonna try and implement cause like God, how many times did some alien rework the Enterprise's warp core? Right. Well, uh, you know, like, okay, so from the data that we've been able to glean, even though those things were magically undone, you know, we have this new experimental warp system that's gonna... What's up? No, no. I' raising his hand.
1: I, I was thinking, like, what if they put a shield around the engine that's very experimental, like, people have been fucking with our engine, so we're gonna put a shield around it. Yeah. And just, it, f- like, the first alien vessel they come in contact with scans it, and it makes their ship explode into atoms, and they're like holy shit what happened i think the shielding is a little too strong (laughs) what do you mean uh when they scanned it it reflect and created a feedback loop that was so fast we couldn't warn them
2: Oh god! Oh that, dear! So yeah, stuff like that. That's the, the, that's what the, I would want to see. The NX test bed.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they're
2: USS test bed. Yeah, and you could even make it the NX precursor because if and this is knowledge i gleaned from Star Trek Online, so please forgive me if it's wrong. But I know that there is a historically a set of ship classes that have fulfilled that role.
1: Yes, and yeah. so
2: you could have this be the progenitor of the like. Okay, so this is the NX. Prototype for the new deep space research vessel line of ships. Maybe this like a an Akira of ships uh, yeah.
1: in the uh, Wrath of Khan era. Yeah, that, that would be interesting, and,
2: and and that would be that's why I would want to have it be episodic in a TV series because it would be you know this group of people going back out and doing this mission and uh, confirming Kirk's right thing, revisiting some planets that were you know. Maybe going like going back to that planet where they fixed the plague that was, you know, activated to a certain age. Like you need to go back and check up on these people and try and see like how their biology is developed, things like that. And I would want um, as far as casting goes, uh, I really like the attitude of uh, uh, Brad Pitt in hmm. Fury. Oh, yeah. so like not a guy who's ancient, but a guy who Weather. is he is a veteran starship captain. Hmm. And he's he's got that kind of surety about him, you know. Yeah, I think that really and honestly, I like the idea of Peter Stormare as engineer, though. Oh, that's, yeah, I think that's yeah. really good. That or a uh, um, Rage
0: Sherbendinga, I don't know how to say his name. He's the guy who played Boris the Blade. Snatch. Guy Ritchie. Ah,
2: firm. yeah, 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 yeah. That would be good. Heavy, um, reliable. Yeah, maybe maybe some kind of like Russian actor mm-hmm. would be good. I'll leave I'll leave casting up to people who know more about because uh, I just I watch a movie and I'm like.
0: I like yeah, that guy. I
2: like I like Keanu Reeves in that.
0: You know, that's neat. I, and
2: really, if I yeah. if I pick actors, Brad Pitt's probably the only guy that I can see. Like, oh, he's portrayed this kind of character that I've really built, and Captain's really as far as I've gone with this. Even all this time that you're thinking, because like for me, I'm still in that phase of Star Trek where when you say science officer, I think Spock.
0: Well, yeah. When you say great. doctor,
2: I think Bones. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, there's. I'm I'm trying to work past those archetypes but in, uh, in what, what would you what would you guys suggest yeah, that's what, do you, what kind of if you were going to have given that setting what what do you think would be a good fit for some other characters
0: well the problem is is if you're trying to come up with someone who's a science officer you can't out spock spock no that's, no that's, you can't. That's, that's and they understand.
2: always
1: try to put a vulcan yes, somewhere yes, in do. science and that's
2: yes. what i was thinking i was like i was about to say um i can't remember the actor's name but he portrayed Spock in the new series and I was like Zachary well, Quinto I was like well he does a great job but then I'm just making it Spock
0: right which and is you can't do that no I would, and it, you can't out Spock Spock and then next generation prove that you can't out Bones Bones with no. uh, Dr. Nobody Likes Her Name Pulaski, yeah, yeah.
1: Pulaski. Yeah, she she was just like, well, Jean-Luc. Data, <laughs> you're not a real person, so shut the fuck up. It's yeah. like half of the episode for every time she talks to but, Data. But and and I'll tell it's you like what. I have a I have a suggestion. She's like, I'm sorry. Is the blender talking again? Shut up, Data. And I'm like, God, God this lady's damn. so mean. And I know, was, you, I know, you guys are like, that's not what happened. Yeah, no, no, that is
0: what happened. Yeah. I, I, I also have to try not to laugh because the only thing that's stuck in my head for the last ten minutes, and I almost lost it in the middle of a sentence, which would have made <laughs> me sound completely insane. But Mike imitated. This guy playing k from that original series <laughs> Oh, no. No. So that stuck in my... All right. There's an original series episode, because I know we're running out of time. Yes. But there's an original series episode where it's like the founding fathers of good. It's and the Abraham Lincoln episode. It's so yeah, the Abraham
2: Lincoln episode. Which makes it even better, because it's like, so let me get this straight. You fought Genghis Khan, a war criminal, and... Colonel Green was his name. Colonel Green and fucking... Calus,
1: and then and, uh, a, a wicked witch uh, for some reason. reason. Some
0: some oh. like Halloween extra. <laughs> yeah, and and no. So Mike started
2: doing this, and it fucking killed me because and the it, guy who played Kalis was not very like Klingon.
1: He wasn't very Klingon at all. At all. He was just like, and now you listen right here. I'm Yeah. I, I know a few things about being a Klingon and I uh, I don't like the way you're talking to me hey, 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 hey look buddy I'm gonna take this
2: I'm gonna take this bat leth and watch this uh, I could
1: be Abraham Lincoln you 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 will be, you'll be really sorry and he goes <laughs> I am Abraham help yeah, me he cur. had he had this ability
0: to throw his voice and that was the
1: mighty Kalis he was a ventriloquist yeah like and I was like <laughs> what like what I mean the only other thing that would have made
0: that more crazy is like oh yeah Keyless could blow people up with his fucking mind
1: so <laughs> they could have just left Keyless alone but someone in TNG land was like no he is the mightiest warrior and every and I'm like don't ever play the f- original series episode where yeah. you see Kalus and and well, then have st- okay it challenging Edit
0: could you could you edit that Keyless into the the next generation episode where Kalus comes back and he's a clone <laughs> Could you do that?
1: I could just make a comparison, but I don't. I that would be a lot of work, you know. All right, just like you know, a side by side comparison what, what about where it's just like the voice. You no, know, you just do the guy who just comes in. Like it's the guy who's like, I am the clone. Or like he's the clone of Kalos. He's yeah. like this really gruff guy who has all this wisdom. And then you go, original Siri Kalos. and Now you listen here. I'm Kalos, see, and I, I don't like the way you're talking to me and my friends. <laughs> We're all bad people, and we will hurt you. Don't you worry about me. He was, like, really yeah, it, not it, it like, No, no. He was no. not a mean person. He seemed like somebody who would, like. I, I'm good at voices. Yeah. I can imitate a hummingbird. You want to hear? And it's just screaming. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, I'll do a modem. <laughs> Oh, man. Mm. (laughs) He's like, watch.
0: And on that note, if you have any questions to ask the Black Pants Legion podcast, write to Legion at gmail.com. Write podcast question in the subject line and make sure it's a question and not just a comment. Otherwise, write podcast comment, comma, I hate you people.
1: Um, And also, if you guys have any questions about Star Trek. Because we're going to do more Star Trek episodes.
0: Probably, yeah. Once we get some more questions, I think I can kind of forge that into a uh, a really good series. Because we wanted to talk about the original series mainly, this episode. And now that we've kind of covered that at least as much as we want to right now, yeah. we're going to reapproach it when we get some more input from the community. And I think that's probably the best way to do that.
1: Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I'm just really glad this is the one episode where we don't talk about Games Workshop for like the 50th time. Andy Chambers. <laughs> <laughs>